0: Hello there and welcome in to the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Miller. And as always, we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm very excited to be welcoming in Maritza McClendon to the Career Competitor Podcast today. Believe it or not, Maritza and I first met back in, I believe, 2006. So a long time ago. We've known each other for a while. Far too much time goes by between each time we see and talk, but I'm just glad to be bringing her on for so much fantastic insight coming your way. But before I give Maritza the introduction that she certainly deserves, let me tell you all about my service Career Competitor. So Career Competitor is a coaching and consulting service for those of you that want to really narrow that gap between where your expectations currently are and where your optimal self actually is. I believe that we are capable and curious to discover what it is we can be doing, what it is we are capable of. So with that being said, why don't you take the time to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com, where you can set up a 30 minute free consultation so that I can get a better understanding of where you currently are in your career, in your life, and where you feel as though some performance coaching can make an impact to you. I don't just work with individuals. I work with teams as well. But the fact of the matter is there is an opportunity here for you to reach your optimal self, and I'm here to facilitate that process. So again, steve at careercompetitor.com. Feel free to reach out to me there. And of course, with you listening to the show right now, click that fifth star, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Go nowhere without clicking that fifth star, please. Leave us a review, give us a follow, subscribe to the show, etc. etc. But for now, I'll leave it right there so we can get on to introducing my guest, Maritza McClendon. Now, Maritza is the Director of Talent and Development and Corporate Communications within Human Resources at Carters Inc. Maritza happens to be the first African American woman in 2004 at the Athens Games to represent the United States in swimming and medal at the same time. As you're gonna find out here, there's so much about Maritza's story that we can relate to. If you're a former athlete, this is 100% an episode for you, very much where this show was born in relation to taking those great characteristics, those principles that make you an athlete, a successful athlete, make you a competitor, and taking those into the corporate world, into whatever space it is that you're doing after your life as an athlete. So I'm excited for Maritza to shed some light on that part of her life, but also for anyone who's looking to separate themselves simply in their careers and perform at higher levels, there's so much in here for you too. There is nothing that we are missing here on this particular episode of Career Competitor so I won't delay it any longer and I'll welcome in Maritza McClendon to the Career Competitor Podcast and I hope you all enjoy. Okay well it gives me great pleasure to welcome on someone I've known for a long time and we're just catching up for the first time in a while here today Maritza McClendon is joining us on the Career Competitor Podcast. Maritza how are you today?
1: Hi Steve, doing great. today's today's a fantastic day. It's uh, Juneteenth and you know it's just it's, I was just telling you a couple minutes ago that um, this is the first time our company is celebrating Juneteenth. so we mm-hmm. actually have the day off and um, it's pretty amazing to see where we've come, right? you know a long time ago. wouldn't even have thought about having Juneteenth as a national um, federal holiday, so it's right. um, great to see the progress.
0: It is and it's such a a beautiful coincidence that we're getting to do that today and I'm so appreciative of the opportunity to to have you on the show. You're someone who I've never probably told you this to your face before but I've been a long admirer of, long admirer, huge fan, just appreciate everything you've done specifically to the sport that I certainly used to work in and uh, you've obviously given so much to in the, in the sport of swimming but there's so much more to you Maritza and I'm so glad to, to go into that today. Uh, but before I maybe before we go too much into the past and, and bring people up to speed, why don't you tell everybody what it is you actually doing today for your for your uh, career?
1: Yeah, so today I am actually well. Let's see. I'll tell you a couple of careers. Mm-hmm. So I'm married. So I've been married <laughs> for eleven years. I have two wonderful. We have two wonderful children. I have an eight and ten year old. Who yes, they do swim. <laughs> I don't know if swimming will be their career, but it's, hopefully it will be soon. We'll figure right. it out. Um, And then I also still have, as you know, I'm a 2004 Olympic swimmer and first Mm -hmm. black female to make a U.S. Olympic swim team. So I built a platform over the last several years around water safety, especially in the black community. So that I call that my side hustle slash my passion of just making sure that people who look like me know the importance of learning how to swim. So I've been doing that for a while. One of my biggest partnerships is um, Swim 1922, which is a partnership with Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated and USA Swimming, where we go into the communities and make sure that they understand the importance of water safety. And in most instances, we're getting them in the water sometimes Mm. for the very first time. So that's fantastic. Um, And then my official, I guess, real world slash corporate (laughs) job. (laughs) Um, I actually work at Carter's Inc., the baby clothing company for those of you guys who aren't parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am in the HR in the HR department where I'm I'm head of talent development and corporate communications. Um, manage a lot of essentially any 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 great news that a company is doing. I share it out to our internal population, and then that's a twenty thousand plus employee population across the globe. We have offices in in Asia and then North America, and then um, I also manage a lot of our talent development, meaning. Um, you know, how are we building our, our next generation of leaders? How are we in- ensuring that our employees have all the res- resources they need to be successful at our company?
0: So pretty quiet, really, then, huh? Not, not too much <laughs> going on. <laughs> A I, love bit it. Busy. I love it. It's what makes you so perfect for this show though, Maritza. Honestly, we've had so many people come on now that have, you know, titans of industry, champions of sport, whatever it may be. And the one thing everyone has in common is that they don't know what it means to take it easy. Oh, agreed. <laughs> everyone's busy. Everyone's got stuff going on. And I absolutely love it because it. I think it's a big part. I think it's a big part of what makes the successful people, and I know it's a word that sometimes we, we can be resistant to, but successful people, what it is they are, is they, embrace the workload they embrace what it means to actually have a full plate almost all the time and then you get these moments obviously where you go away with family have vacations and whatnot and you enjoy them for what they are but they're short and sweet you get right back to it and with that in mind one thing that i have to go over with you is is just your competitive nature and and you knew that coming into this into this uh into this recording that we were going to talk a little bit about that because I find that competitiveness is very much connected almost perfectly with what it means to just simply want to work hard, want to have a full plate. So talk to me a little bit about how those two, at least in your world, how those two maybe work with one another, collaborate, bounce up one another, however you want to put it.
1: Well, I have to say that the reason I started Competitive Swim is because of my competitive nature. So mm-hmm. um started at a young age when I was seven years old and I was just learning my basic water safety skills. I just want to get from one end of the pool to the other. My instructor actually had our group do well, you know relays. So first exposure to relays, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> um, of course, I got split up and we got split up into teams. And um, when I did my leg, of course, we were winning. So I was super excited. But of course, I look up, you know, when you touch the wall, the next person is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm seven. The girl who's supposed to go after me was six. She did yeah. not go. Yeah. Me, my competitive self, was like, "Why aren't you going? We're winning! You're about to let everybody pass us!" So I hopped out the pool and pushed her in. Oh, <laughs> so no. that's when my mom was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, we got to get her doing something." So um, that's when she did a little bit more research and got got into got me into competitive swim, and I never looked back. And I will say, one of the hardest things for me throughout my career was was that competitive edge. Like I had that that competitive edge, but I also had the the self-doubt and um, mm-hmm. the lack of confidence. Um, a lot of people are like, but you were an Olympian. Yeah, it was it's still challenging for us. Yeah. I mean, we're still real people and it's something that we don't just perfect, you know, right from the jump. So it's things that I had to work on and then transitioning into the real world, scariest moment of my life. Had mm-hmm. no idea um, what to really expect or, or how even my swimming skills translated into the real world and just like you said that competitive nature and that desire and that drive to be successful carried over into my corporate corporate world so any position that I was given any interview that I did I was competitive in the in the sense of I wanted to get that job like I wanted to nail it I wanted to be the best that there could be I didn't want to just do what was expected of me for that job I wanted to exceed expectations and that's where yeah. that additional you know drive and competition and competitive nature comes in and um, and it's carried throughout my entire my entire corporate career. Um, and also just things that I that I talk about. You know, whenever I do speaking engagements, I always encourage people, get that competitive nature out of you because you'll be surprised as to the stars that you touch because you're so competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I'll even say, within my family, we're also competitive. <laughs> so <laughs> that that competitive nature is like literally in my blood. Um, And it's also seeping into my kids blood. So, um, you know, we're, we're busy playing, we're outdoor family, we're playing activities, we're in the water, doing water sports. And we're always like, okay, I'm gonna throw that ball. Let's see if you can get there faster. Or like, (laughs) you know, it it could be the simplest of things. Like I remember one time um, I'll tell you a quick story and then I'll stop talking. But I remember (laughs) one time, you know, me and my husband, we, we had our, our cars and we had two kids. So one I had my daughter and then my husband had my son and we were coming from the same place and we literally raced home (laughs) and we uh, safely. Right, <laughs> that was right, weird right.
0: The <laughs> I was wondering um, where this story was going for a second. <laughs>
1: but then we, we like pull up to the driveway and I get there first. And of course I back my car in any, you guys ever see me driving. You'll see me back right. into any parking spot. So of course I'm like starting to back in and my husband comes like roaring down the street and he's like, no, 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 I'm going to come beat you. And he like tries to sneak in. And I like gunned it. And like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's just in our nature. I think that for us, like we, as athletes, like that's, that's what drives a lot of our, um, our go-to, like a, it drives like who we are, what we do, how we accomplish things. Um, what, you know, shoot, I could even be competitive getting up early in the morning and I could right. be competitive staying up late at night and I could mm-hmm. be competitive and how many things can I get done today? Like, it, it's just, it's just something that, um, it's, like I said, it's in my blood and yeah.
0: it's
1: been very it's been useful for me.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, but well, you've made it work to your best. There's no doubt about it. And it's certainly yeah. an identity. It's an identity and there's no, there's no getting away from it. And I think what you're saying here is embracing it first and foremost and secondly, letting it out. And I think that's a great way to look at it to just to start. And then when you actually start to look at a couple of things that you said there, the, the first thing I want to hit is the, the competitive swimming and how as you were coming along through that, you notice that the anxieties that came with it became heightened it's almost as though the the greater the stakes the more exposed those anxieties would maybe start to come even if they were internal Mm -hmm. they were still there and I think that's important for anyone to hear that it doesn't need to be swimming it can be just about anything as you go from one stage to the next and you sense that improvement and you sense those greater responsibilities it's so natural to have the anxieties that come with it wouldn't you say
1: I agree and I and I think you know to a certain extent, those things kind of drive like how your performance will be Hmm. right to an extent being, if you can get it under control and and use it to your advantage, it will be, it'll be that thing that'll kind of take you to that next level. Mm -hmm. Um, I know whenever I, I get an opportunity to talk to, um, you know, up and coming athletes, they always say, well, I get nervous. Like, how do you, how do you get over that? And I I always say, I don't have one answer, but I will say you could definitely try different things. There's some people that listen to music and it calms them down. Some people that have to sit in a corner and kind of visualize their race or visualize whatever they're doing. Um, but then it just find a way to kind of, I guess, contain it in a, in a certain, in a certain space. I don't want to say a box, but like kind of contain it where it's manageable and then that's where you can kind of use it as like okay now my blood is pumping and I'm getting ready to race or I'm getting ready to do um, you know a, a test or I'm getting ready to do a presentation at work whatever it might be it kind of gets your blood flowing so that you can start to focus in on the things that really are important for you to be successful
0: yeah and this this makes me want to ask a little bit more about that transition now from from going from athlete because it wasn't like you just swam in college and then were done like you went pro for quite a while how how long were you actually swimming after college
1: Um I swam for an additional 6 years
0: That's a long time that's that's mm-hmm. a that's more than a a college career in addition to a college career so that's it's a lot of time having your identity really just embraced and immersed in this particular sport and for those that are picking this show up now on episode 141, 142, whatever it may be. If you go back to the first 5, 10, 20 episodes that we did, this is what the show was born on. Just this transitional, this transitional quest, if you will, of going from being that athlete to becoming whatever it is you're now becoming – and being able to pinpoint the characteristics, the ideals that made you the success as an athlete is what are doing, what you're able to do with those characteristics now in your life afterwards. So we've we've lost that at times through the the many many episodes. And when I get someone on like you, Maritz, I'm always so glad to go back to it because hearing you talk a little bit there about the space and being able to be aware of the space that you utilize certain characteristics. When did you first notice? Maybe after you hung the goggles up and you started that transition. Hey, there's so much of me from that life as an athlete that I need to be a little bit more receptive to maybe embracing in this next chapter.
1: Um, it took a while. I yeah. will say that because one of the things for me is I, I was an I was an Olympic athlete and I was a swimmer, professional swimmer for so long. Mm-hmm. I didn't have your typical nine to five job where I could say, like, oh, you know, I worked in HR for X number of years. Here's the experience that I had. I literally was like, hi, I'm a swimmer. Here's my resume. And it
0: right. just said
1: Olympian. And to me, I was just like, it just said Olympian. Like that's, that's how I thought of it. Right. Um, but it took years for me to run into one of my first, one of my biggest mentors, Christopher Montel. I met him at Nike swim. And he was always like, you should be screaming from the top of the top <laughs> of the mountain that you are an Olympian. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I'm always been like very shy and timid about, you know, saying that I'm an Olympian, but he was like, no, people realize the dedication that it takes to be an Olympian, the, the self-motivation that it takes to be an Olympian, the, the um, you know, how do you organize your day? How do you attack certain situations? Like that is, that's very unique when it comes to that elite athlete. And so when he told me that I was like, you know, you're right. Like I started to eventually kind of like hear him and he would coach me and mentor me and, and kind of build up my confidence in that sense. And then, you know, as I started to to, when I moved out of working for Nike swim, I ended up working at Carter's, but then that was a whole different realm for me. That was, you know, I was in my sports world and I felt comfortable talking about it, but then I moved into Carter's and I was like quiet all over again. I was like, okay. I'm here. I've had this experience in marketing, and this is what's on my resume. There was no sense of lead with you being an Olympian ever right. that crossed my mind. And then again, I had a fantastic boss who pulled it out of me, Tracy Del Moral, um, who just said the same thing Christopher told me that yeah. these are unique characteristics to you as an elite athlete. Definitely leverage those to your to your um, to your to your best ability, and and that's kind of where I started to. You know every project that I did under Tracy and everything that we accomplished together. She was just like, I am just amazed at how determined you are and mm. how you you stay laser focused. And you're not just trying to finish a project, but like like I said earlier, I'm literally trying to be better than it's ever been. Yeah,
0: the best project ever. Right. right.
1: Like right. how do like it was done one way last year? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna see what was done last year, and then I'm gonna figure out how I'm gonna make it you know, my project and also make it better and make mm-hmm. it the best performing project that it could be. So, and I, and I think that that's where that, that drive came from as an athlete that I hadn't, I didn't tap into before. Um, but right. it's taken people getting it out of me to really understand, um, you know, where I could take it from there.
0: And it's all just, it's all resonated with me on so many levels. Uh, and the fact of the matter is it goes against the human experience of like, we're not supposed to brag right we're not supposed to shout we're not supposed to just say hey i'm great at this or hey i've achieved this you you need to give me attention because i've achieved this mm-hmm. and it, but it's one of the it's one of the easiest pieces of advice to give to someone else but when it's actually you like oh no you don't need to hear that about me uh you know so it's it's fascinating <laughs> to hear you starting that story with this just an olympian something that is such a fraction of a percentage of people that get to say something like that that have something like that on their resume and if you if you're asking me if you just put a word if you just put the sentence I'm an Olympian on a piece of paper and submitted it for a job I'd be like bring them in let's let's <laughs> let's talk to them let's get to know I don't care what else they've done you know so it's it's fascinating to hear you sort of put it that way and it's wonderful to hear that you had those types of mentors that could really support you through that process. The idea of having so much drive each and every time you start a new project, I think, is something that people are going to listen to this and be like, how? How do you How do you look at things that way when I have to assume, and again, I don't want to assume too much, but there's always going to be components about any project that has elements of routine to it, like something that you've done before. So you're now trying to look at something, let's say a typical project that you're doing within your role now and say, how can I make it better? So I'm just curious as to, how do you start that process of saying, this is what it was and this is how we make it better?
1: I'll tell you in two parts. So I'll tell okay. you, first off, the for me, a lot of my motivation, my internal motivation comes from uh, the disappointments that I went through in my entire swim career. Um, I had a lot of ups and downs. I could probably spend the next like hour telling you all about them, <laughs> but I'll keep it short. But it's essentially saying, if I had a race that didn't go go quite the way I thought it would it's not necessarily that I failed in that race but it's an opportunity for me to improve mm-hmm. the best way that I could improve was to look back at that race and say what could I have done differently so prime example I missed making the Olympic team in 2004 in the 50 freestyle what did I do I I you know, I was swimming fast, 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 came to the wall, picked up my head before I, my hand even touched the wall. So of course oh. I'm slowing down and then I touched the wall. I got third by three, one hundredths of a second. If I would have gotten second or first, I would have made the Olympic team in the 50 freestyle right. at that point. That was one of the things that I took to Athens. Cause I had already made the Olympic team. I mm-hmm. took that to Athens, Greece and said, I am going to make sure that every race that I do, I have my head down until my fingers touch that wall. And that is something that I worked on. So when we got to the Olympics, you know, we're, I'm sneaking us into the, you know, being the top two at, at the finals at the mm-hmm. Olympics, because I'm making sure that it was such a tight race, getting my hand on that wall, yeah. you know, so I had that opportunity to look back and say, what could I have done differently? And I think I had an, an and then the other part of it, I'm going to merge the two stories in a minute. The other yeah. part of it was I interviewed for the current position that I'm in, um, in 2020. And I actually interviewed with one of our um, vice presidents in our distribution centers, and she said, "You know, you're I came from marketing. I'm trying to get into H R. so it's a totally different realm for me." And she the one thing she told me was, make sure you look at the history before you try to move forward, because there may have been elements that were done in the past that will still work today." but then you can bring your fresh outlook on things and improve it and that's how you have the that perfect storm that comes together to make it the best project possible. And I say all of I say both of those stories just to say, you know, anytime I head into doing a project, I always look back and say, if it's a project that it was done before, how was it done? What are those elements? What are the little details that were done to make it as successful as it was previously? Mm-hmm. And then now I'm going to infuse me right I'm going to infuse <laughs> my skill set I'm going to infuse my knowledge I'm going to fr- infuse my fresh outlook on hey I may not have ever worked on this project so how can how can we do things a little bit differently are there efficiencies that we can put in place are there um, uh, are, are there like different things that we can bring in that we're missing from previous you know previously in the project and um, I think for me that that's always just been my north star of making sure that you know, when I was a swimmer, it was any disappointment provided an opportunity for me to excel next time so it didn't happen again. And mm-hmm. I leverage that today in my corporate career of just saying, okay, so this is how projects were done in the past. Now I'm going to grow on that and see how we can improve it and make sure that it's more successful than it was before.
0: Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I'm, firstly, I just love all this. You know, the the first thing that comes to mind as you're talking is that the, the previous story you told was, Almost how humility can be a hindrance when we don't want to sort of brag about ourselves. But here humility is actually a strength. Is you're saying, like, hey, this has been done really well before. Like, let's let's not try to reinvent the wheel here, guys. Let's let's look at what we're doing well or what has worked. And then to your point, how do we inject ourselves into this in a way that makes it somehow unique, somehow different and somehow better? And I think that's again, it's it's a humility component that's like, hey. Every idea is not going to be revolutionary. Sometimes it's just simply building off something that has worked in the past, and right. that's that can actually be quite uh, it is quite reassuring in many ways. It's like okay, this isn't quite the crazy project that I thought it was going to be. There's there's some evidence of how we can do this um, from the past. But another area here too is the the swimming. And again, I, we were obviously going to make a couple of swimming analogies in this episode. <laughs> but you know, the swimming analogy. I, I was recently talking with a client of mine about you know successes and failures in the sport of swimming even though he has no understanding of swimming at all and i would say all the time like an athlete could swim a good time but if i saw them breathe in the last five yards of a race let's say that's mm-hmm. what i would talk to them about of, co- of course i would talk to him a little bit about hey that was a great swim it's a great time you have to be aware though that a mistake like that that didn't cost you now will cost you eventually and and these mistakes that come up just having people in your corner to say listen that was a mistake and it may not have cost you right now, but there is th- there is something there to be learned from it, even, you know, even though it wasn't life and death or whatever it may be in that moment, there's something in the future where knowing that information is going to be of service to you. So it sounds as though over the years, you've just been able to sort of keep adding those to some sort of memory bank of, hey, make the mistake, make the adjustment, and then try to move on from it. Is that about right?
1: Oh, I agree 100%. And then also too, just understanding that it's okay to fail forward, right? Yeah. You know, I think for for a lot of people, they're like, you know, and you're and you might be listening to this and saying, well, she's always successful. That's not the case. That's not necessarily <laughs> what I'm saying. Right. But I am saying that anytime that something doesn't go the way I expect it to, I'm not just walking away and saying like, Oh, it better luck next time, or sure. that can't happen next time. I literally will say replay it in my mind. And say what can I do differently? And, and to you, you know, Steve, you know how it is. When we're swimming, we can watch film of ourselves at, at competitions, and we say, um, you know, what what could, what could I have done differently? Could have been a better start. Could have been a better, better turn. Whatever it might be. And to your point, when you think about those elite top athletes, like let's say Michael Phelps, he's breaking world records just about every time he hopped in the water. But mm-hmm. he's not walking away saying like, oh, that's the best I could. That's the best I'm gonna, ever going to be. He's actually legitimately looking back at that tape and saying, there's that one thing that I could have could have done differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been like, hey, my 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 breathing was off or my stroke rate just kind of flinched just a little bit. And that's the thing that he takes to the next the next swim meet and and improves. And then there you go. He's breaking another world record
0: right and and that's what it and that's what it comes down to and again we talked about successes earlier like what it means to be a success and these are part of that DNA and uh part of that identity that that we referenced earlier and while we're talking though too is just thinking about this role that you're in today working on talent development being this voice and this advocate for for personal development for leadership development whatever it may be firstly I just think, Man, how lucky are these people at Carter to have you doing this? Like, this is awesome. Like, what a great reference. Um, but secondly, I'm really interested to know what it looks like now for you to assess a win versus I don't want to call it a loss or a you know a defeat, but what how do you how do you look at something now, a project or 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 maybe it's some sort of workshop, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. How do you look at it and say, yes, that was a win, or yes, that was an opportunity for me to maybe learn from and, and try to make it better next time?
1: You know, I think a lot of the a lot of the things that I work on um, have multiple elements to it. So mm. before I start a project, or actually, I guess, as I'm planning a project, I want to say like, what are going to be my KPIs? What are my key performance indicators? So those are measurable things that I can take away and say at the end, did I accomplish XYZ? Um, and And to me, there's also elements that you can't necessarily measure, measure, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's, it's feedback that you get from, from sure. an employee or feedback that you get from your boss even. Um So I think for me, like whenever, whenever I look at, at a project and I start to to see it kind of come full circle and start to, to flow out, I kind of say, okay, and I'm going to give you an example of, um, you know, without giving too many, too much detail, but like one mm-hmm. of our leadership programs, right. right. Where, we have 19 people going through a leadership program, and the goal of this leadership program is to help that um, that employee bump up to the next level. So, a measurable data right there is going to be okay. After um, going through this 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 session, this talent session, what does their career look like in a year, in two years, in three years? Are they moving up? the 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 corporate ladder like they wanted to? Or are they getting into those leadership roles? Are they getting additional experience? Um and then also taking it to the 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 you know the verbal side of it and, and mm-hmm. kind of checking in with those employees and saying like, hey, how's it going? Are you leveraging the tools and resources that you learned during the session? And are they, is it beneficial? Has it been helpful? Do you have any suggestions? Or what we could do different because I think that that's the other part of it is saying like we're pushing these employees through a certain certain training or a certain workshop it, it, we're, we're not necessarily saying it's going to work for every employee so how can we start to make adjustments that will help the the next next group that will go through this? what are some of those little elements that we can add in that could be different for, and uh you know one employee versus the other so just making sure that it's always a learning thing and Mm. it's like i said it's it's there's definitely wins and you want to celebrate them but there's always going to be an opportunity for improvement in any project that you do
0: and do you still do you still have any like uh ways of celebrating when you sense that hey this is a win and this is going so this is going so great you
1: know, at Carter's, we actually really celebrate as a team. So, awesome. you know, I've, I, we have, um, we call them way to go cards. You get nice. a way to go card and and you can send those out. Like I've had those come from people who have gone through some of our workshops. I've had those come from my boss. I've had those come from our CEO before. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being able to celebrate in that sense. And then sometimes when it's a really big project and it was a labor of love, <laughs> we <laughs> will go out to like lunch and we'll celebrate as a team. <laughs> Um, but it, you know, like it, it's, it's just, it's a matter of just, um, you don't have to celebrate in a huge, huge way every single time right. you get a win, but definitely take the moment to celebrate. Um, I think that that was a big thing, even as an athlete. Yeah. you know, you, you sit there and you're like, Oh, I only dropped like half a second.
0: Oh, we were terrible at celebrating as athletes. Oh Awful.
1: my gosh. Awful. Like seriously, <laughs> horrible. Like you should celebrate that half a second. Cause that half a yeah. second is, a t- you know, you could go three years without even dropping time. So celebrate mm-hmm. that half a second that you drop. So, um, I'm just a big, big proponent of just celebrating the wins together, but then also getting right back into it and figuring out like, all right, what's, what's next? What's coming down the pike? What can we do differently? What, um what are we up against right and, yeah. and just continuing to to push forward and collaborate as a team
0: No 100% and you know I'm, I'm always here for opportunities to celebrate but one one thing that one thing that you you you've really made clear here through just what it means to have a victory what it means to be a success there's there's going to be measurables there's always going to be human elements to it as well and and, and that's so clear that St- starting with something like key performance indicators but then making a lot of the process after that based on feelings and engagement with other people, not getting so wrapped up in the numbers, in the figures, in yeah. the data, whatever it may be, and forgetting that there are people involved, and, and that is so big, especially today. You know, there's so much work that we're doing now on what it means to have purpose in the workplace, and a huge part of that starts with hey. There's people in the workplace. That, that's where it starts. Read. Like focus on the fact that there are people right there. So leaders listening to this, you've obviously got someone, um, you've obviously got someone here in Maritza who's educating you in ways that can be so helpful, but hear that as clearly as possible. That at the end of the day, you are working with people. No amount of data will ever replace people. So just be aware of that. Um, but with all this being said, Maritza, you know, you said something before about you could talk about disappointments for an hour and I could just frankly talk to you for about an hour. But the fact of the matter is I keep my episodes to about 30, 35 minutes and we're almost out of time. So with all that being said, I do want to give you the opportunity just to tell people more about where they can learn about you because you've got a great website, you've got all this information. So I want the world to know everything they need to know about Maritza. So why don't you go ahead?
1: Yeah. I mean, the best place to, to learn more about me is definitely my website. So MaritzaMcClendon.com. And um, just kind of take a look at it. I mean, whether it's you want to learn a little bit more about how I grew up, where I came from, what some of my accomplishments were, maybe you want to have me in as a speaker. Um, definitely book me through my website, want to follow me on social media, same thing, follow mm-hmm. go to my website, and all my social media is tagged there. Um, you know, I, I'm, you talked about it earlier, Steve, people, like, I am such a people person. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I love the relationships that I have built over swim. Like, I, I can't tell you how many doors of opportunity have have opened because of the people that have crossed my path or that I've had right. taken the opportunity to say like more than just hi, I'm Maritza, you know, like actually gotten to know people and, um, you know, and, and, leverage that to, to be the, have the platform that I have now, whether it's as a, as a wife, a mom, um, an athlete, you know, working in corporate America, whatever it has been, it's been because of the relationships that I've built over the years. So definitely check out, Wordsamclendon. McClendon.com, mcclendon.com Connect with me, and looking forward to hearing from you as well. Steve, don't go another. What was it? Been like a
0: decade? Since we <laughs> I don't know what's been. I know we Let's bumped into each other at again. a <laughs> swim meet or something like that. But you know, now that I'm out of swimming, it's just like who knows? Who knows how long it will be? Um, but no, all this information is going to be in the show notes. Um, so don't be afraid if you if you don't know what to do. Just go to the show notes. You'll you'll find it all there. Um, but. If you were really paying attention here, and I'm sure people were, just the, the the fact of the matter is, transitions are real, and and going from an athlete to a non-athlete is a is a huge transition for anyone to take on. Um, but it's not about necessarily one-upping any other type of transition in this world. You know, you just heard from someone here that went from one world to another world, and in many ways, when you go from marketing to HR, you, you know, you've had more transitions than that that main one that you had there from athlete to non-athlete, and you handle it all by looking back and saying, hey, what can I learn? What can I take? How's it gonna help me moving forwards? Um, And I think there's so much power in just messages like that. They seem so simple on the surface, but they're so powerful, they're so real, and they're so worth implementing. So Maritza, thank you so much for your generous time, for your generous insight, and uh, you know, we'll just have to bring you back on the show again just so you and I can hang out. How about that?
1: Absolutely, love it. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Steve.
0: (laughs) Appreciate it. And my thanks again to Maritza for joining us on the show today firstly just great to catch up uh, with someone that I've known for a while and secondly love giving Maritza the platform just to share her story but in addition to that just so many key elements and pieces of insight and snippets along the way that have very much made her the woman that she is today the the businesswoman the athlete uh, and obviously uh, the inspiration and the mentor that that she is to so many. The The one thing I really want to emphasize, and there's so much to take away from this, and certainly there's plenty to take away from the sense of things that you can strategically implement in order to really separate yourself or certainly build the type of momentum within your career to take it to new heights, to new levels. But sticking with what we were just saying there towards the end about remembering that we're talking about people here and we're talking about what it means to work with others and to advance ourselves as human beings it can't always be about data and measurables etc. So with that being said, I just want to I want to empower you to speak up for you, speak up for yourself. Maritza's story there about how she just referenced it is I'm just all I've done is be an Olympian. That's all I've been able to do up to this point as she was getting into the the real world as she joked. <laughs> There's so many things like this that have made you, the success that you are along the way, you know, and the reason why I relate so much to this part of Maritza, Maritza's story is it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me just to sit here and say what I'm great at, why I'm awesome, however you want to put it, because it's just not human nature. And a lot of the time it's associated in a negative way when you talk about yourself, when you you big up yourself, however you want to put it. But here we are hearing from a woman that not only was an Olympian but did something historic as the first African-American woman to represent the U.S. as a swimmer and then obviously go on and get an Olympic silver medal too. There's so much about Maritza's story that she should be shouting from the top of a mountain, from the rooftops and letting the world know. And I guarantee you listening, there's something about you that you're hiding as well. There's something about you that if you were willing to just... Throw that humility to one side, maybe that shy exterior or interior that you have. Just put it to one side and let people know. I empower you to do that today. Go find someone and say, listen, I've not mentioned this before, but I'm really great at this. Like Just tell someone what you're great at. Tell them why you're great at it. Tell them how that incredible part of you can impact them and do something for them. And don't be afraid to tell other people as well. You have to become your own cheerleader. You can't rely on other people to keep doing it for you. So Maritz is saying that here in her story that at some point she had to accept that she had to become her biggest cheerleader as much as she was going to have all these other people in her support system cheering for her as well. So just awesome insight from her awesome insight from Ritza. Hope that you took many more pieces of insight and things that you can be implementing within your life, within your career moving forwards. And in the meantime, we're not slowing down. It's it's hot out there. The summer is here, people. But we here on Career Competitor are not slowing down. The episodes are going to keep coming. The incredible guests, the incredible insight is going to keep coming. Do not go anywhere without clicking that fifth star on your way out. Give us a subscription. Give us a follow, whatever it may be. Be sure to tell your friends about us. Don't hesitate to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com as well. And in the meantime, best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world. And bye for now.